Hey everybody, and welcome back to Becky Talks Parks. This is a podcast for passionate parks and recreation professionals who are raising the bar in the field and in their community. Join us as we talk to experts in the field who are making a difference just like you. The field of parks and recreation is changing and the value is finally being recognized for what it is, an economic driver and a place for communities to grow and thrive. So if you're ready to hear from the best in the industry, stay tuned. We're going to get this podcast started right now. So this week on the podcast, I am interviewing Gabe Castillo, and he works for the Belvedere Park District in Illinois, and he is the Recreation Manager and Marketing Coordinator for the agency. And our interview, I think, is going to be really valuable to you guys. So anybody who has wears multiple hats, has a lot going on, is going to want to listen to this episode to think about how to take your programs from start to finish We talk about how to listen to your community to find out what they need and then see and track your success of that program and and then actually market that to make sure that your community knows what it is and can find it and and generates excitement about it. So hopefully this episode is helpful to you. I would love to know, and you can actually be involved in the podcast by answering this question, how do you take a program idea and turn it into reality? So if you download the Anchor app, you can answer that question just by using the little message button, or you can ask follow-up questions to this interview using that same thing. So if you have questions about that, go find me on LinkedIn and ask me. I also have a video there to show you how to be involved. So hoping to uh, get some feedback from you guys on how to take your program idea from just an idea into reality. But for now, we're going to get into this episode and uh, Gabe jump, jumps right in to how he, to what his role is and how he manages this marketing piece of his job and also the management piece of it. Right, everybody. So I am happy to be talking to Gabe Castillo, and he is going to be talking to us about um, marketing and parks and recreation and taking a program idea from start to finish. And Gabe, I wanted to have you on the show because I feel like with your experiences, you have a really nice balance between managing recreation programs and facilities and then marketing. And I think because so many people wear so many different hats and marketing seems like such a small portion of it, I wanted to get your perspective on how you manage that and how you prioritize marketing. And um, so I'm hoping that this interview will be helpful to others. So thank you for being on the show. No, thank you, Becky. And first, I want first I wanted to uh, again thank Becky for having me on this this conversation. I'm actually looking forward to speaking to all the recreation professionals out there on this uh, glorious day and kind of sharing some of my experiences. They always haven't been maybe the typical um, recreation direct direction that a lot of other people have gone in, but. I think there's not always one way to get to the end. So again, excited to uh, share my background, my experiences of what I've uh, seen in the industry. So let's uh, just jump right into, you know, my role as uh, recreation manager slash marketing coordinator for uh, a park district. And so when I first came to the district seven years ago, 
um, they had let go of their traditional superintendent of recreation and brought in two uh, rec managers to kind of replace the traditional superintendent. And with that role, um, they were looking for someone who had, you know, kind of a marketing background, but still had uh, entrenched in the recreation side of it. And that really interests me a lot because as a as a recreation programmer for, um, you know, I have over 10 years experience as a recreation programmer. I found myself doing a lot of marketing. I actually worked for a village, so we didn't have a dedicated marketing professional in our offices. And so I spent a lot of actually too much of my time, you know, making postcards, making posters, trying to find other ways to market my programs um, other than citywide, you know, utility things that happen um, tends in like in a city or a village wide government agency. So I spent a lot of time doing that, had a passion for it and decided, hey, you know, this this new role gets me kind of a hybrid role. So I get to still be entrenched on the rec side, but still get to do some of the passionate marketing stuff that I uh, love to do and continues to, you know, always changing. So um in my day-to-day operations, uh, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not a micromanager when it comes to my staff. I let them do the job that I've hired them to do, and I think that's one of the key factors for those leaders out there is, you know, hire the people, get them trained up, but let them go out there and and do what you've you've paid them to do and what you hired them to do. A lot of times, you know, uh, we hear time after time after time that, you know, the micromanagement um, is definitely not a, a good successor in the long term. So, um, and that has allowed me to be able to, you know, focus on, on the marketing side of it. And on a day-to-day basis, I would say that almost anywhere from 75 to 80% of my day consists of the marketing side of it, preparation, brainstorming, um, especially right now I'm entrenched in our actual brochure process. And so when I'm in a, our brochure process for a lot of marketing people out there, maybe not on the Rex on the, on the programming side of it, but I spend on average 120 hours um, in total to produce a, a, a recreation guide for our, our park district. And uh, it takes up quite a bit of my time. I can spend, you know, one week, full week, just entrenched in designing, um, laying out pictures, putting information into it. So today, my day, I'm almost at the end of our, we finished our second proof. I have a third proof going out um, tomorrow. So today's is a, is a, is a big day to just be entrenched on the guide the whole day. So I have over 10 hours of, of work to be put into just the guide and that takes up a lot of my time. So that's where I need to trust in my staff, have a good relationship that they're going to go out, do, um, you know, what I've asked them to do. And my door is always open to them if they have questions and, and they need help. But, um, and I think we've created a good relationship with, with my staff and trusting that, you know, if they need something, I'm here. But uh, a lot of my day-to-day time is spent on the marketing side. Right. Well, it seems like you have a good balance of that. And I, it must be, um, it's always tough to give away some of that control. 
over the programs and over different pieces of recreation. And so, um, but it allows you to focus on getting the word out, which is so important because if your community doesn't know about what's happening, then sometimes your programs can just be lost. And I'm sure many people can relate to the process of the recreation guide and how time consuming that is. So I do want to talk about marketing and the recreation guide and all of that. But before we dive into that, I want to just kind of back up and talk about how do you, when you are developing these program ideas, and maybe you're not like the, maybe you're not um, in the front line developing the program ideas, but can you talk about how you find what your community wants and needs and, and some strategies that you found that have been effective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. I'm not entrenched in, you know, developing each program, but as, you know, kind of when I first got here into the into the marketing realm and I was developing the guide, I could see gaps and holes uh, of like maybe in our early childhood where, you know, I had two earlier, two early childhood programs. And I said, okay, there's only two programs on the page. We definitely need to look at, okay, what else can we develop along these lines? Um, so going back to the, the program development part of it, there's, there's not one exact science way to uh, figure out what's going to work. And each community is a little bit different. And coming from, you know, the Chicago suburbs where we have, you know, park district after park district after city village, we have, you know, well over a hundred different um, parks and recreation organizations within, you know, uh, a 50 mile radius. So at sometimes we're kind of competing with some of the other districts and sometimes we're, you know, also co-oping with those programs um, that they have in a, in a neighboring park district. So being so close to so many different ideas, you know, looking around um, at what other districts are doing, what's successful, what's not successful, being part of um, a networking group uh, in Chicago, we have actually quite a different variety of, of networking groups uh, like South Suburban Parks and Recreation Association um, is more for the south side of Chicago. We have SPRA, which is Suburban Parks and Recreation Association. And those are opportunities where once a month we get together with all these rec professionals. You know, you get to chat about what's working, what's not working, what's coming up in the future. So those are helpful as well as, you know, getting on um, NRP Connect. Uh, Illinois has a uh, Connect as well that's more focused on Illinois. But seeing what's out there um, in the community is, is, you know, keeps you abreast of what's coming up new. And then beyond that, obviously, you know, a lot of your, your administration are going to ask about, you know, your needs assessment. You know, when's the last time you actually had a needs assessment in your community? Most of the time, it's every five to 10 years. And I, I would, on the marketing side of it, the technology is, is caught up with us so that, you know, if you don't have a needs assessment, look at that, first of all, with the city, the park district, see what your community is saying they're wanting and kind of tailor programs around those, those ideas. Um, but if you haven't, if you don't have a current one and you really want to do something that, to see what's going on, and the latest in your community, look into, you know, creating a survey monkey. It's survey monkey is free. If you're doing, you know, a small survey of uh, 10 or less 
um, survey and uh, send that out through either your Rectrex software, whatever software that you have through um, registration. I know we have Vermont Systems Rectrack. I'm able to attach a survey out through that or utilizing the email contacts that you already have, whether through Facebook. Facebook's a great way to get out your survey as well and send out a small survey and see what your community is wanting. Right. So once you receive some of that feedback, because, I mean, we have to reach out far and wide, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, what are some of the next steps to, like, once you start to get a pulse on what your community wants, where do you take it from there? As a programmer, you know, the biggest challenge is, well, you know, um, if the community is saying, hey, you know, I want a a bowling instructor, and maybe that's not the greatest one because there's a lot of uh, great bowlers out there. But, you know, the challenge as a programmer is, okay, where do I find a bowling instructor that wants to, you know, run programs on Wednesday night? Um, that's That was always my focus of like, oh, I got this great idea. Now, who's going to teach it? Um and a lot of times, you know, I would come up with ideas uh, um, in the in the in the cooking realm of like, um, you know, making crepes or making pasta, things that I experienced, but um, were able to teach in, in my side of it. There were a lot of times where you look for instructors and you couldn't find it. So you have this great idea, but then you don't necessarily have, you know, someone to to instruct it. And that's where I think in today's market, um, being able to reach out through Instagram, um, Facebook, utilizing those networks through a lot of the mom groups out there that you can be on. I know in our area, we have like, what's happening Belvedere? What's happening Naperville? What's happening? You know, those things, there's a lot of ideas that are, are getting created, thrown around out there through the social media. It gives you access to a lot more of your your residents and your customers than, you know, we ever imagined. And um, again, there's always an interest out there. It's also the way you, you know, how you package it up. And I think, so that's a key message in, you know, delivering, finding those instructors who will be able to, you know, do what you want. Right. So you, okay. So that's all about finding the resources for your programs and actually making it happen. Cause it's one thing to hear all of this feedback. It's another to actually get the instructors, which may not be available, but luckily with social media, we have, we can kind of tap into those resources. And then let's talk about marketing and um, because in order for it to succeed, they have to know about it. So can you talk about from the recreation guide to social media, like what is your strategy and how do you prioritize marketing your programs? Well, I think uh, as, as, a, as a marketer and, and a recreation professional, I always sit down with my, all my recreation professionals and, and programmers and I say, I can spend hours and hours and hours um, marketing your program. We can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars you know, putting out there, but if your program stinks and it is not well designed and, and that your customers come away from it happy, then all the marketing that we could ever do is lost. So, you know, it really, 
starts at the first portion of when you're programming it and making sure that you have all the steps from start to finish a great customer experience. If that great customer experience is had and people are happy, those tend to, those grassroots efforts of people saying, you know what, I really love that program. I really love that birthday party. You know, word gets out there. And that's something that you can't pay for and without any amount of money. So just keep that in mind as programmers is making sure that your your experience with a recreation program is, is you know, is customer centric and focused and that they're coming away with a great experience. So can I ask you a question before I, we hear more about like the strategies and tactics around marketing? Yeah, go ahead. When you're about the customer experience and how it's so important for there to be quality in your programs. Like, do you um, do, do you actually measure that, like with surveys and talking with your customers, or like how do you test the success of your programs to see if if they are quality? I mean, obviously, uh, the more surveys that you can do, the better. Um, as programmers, we know that it's challenging if for, you know, as a parent myself, Hey, here's, here's your paper, you know, survey at the end of the class. Can you still, you know, fill it out and, you know, we'll take the survey, we'll go home and it'll get put on the, you know, the kitchen counter and, you know, after a couple of weeks it may get thrown away. So actually getting good feedback at the end of the sessions uh, can be challenging, but it's well worth the time to be able to get um, surveys out there, feedback from your customers. Now, obviously, um, if you're not hearing anything and your, your, your programs continue to fill up and they're continuing to have a wait list, obviously there are, there are signs that are saying, hey, you're doing great things. Um, and a lot of times in our surveys, we tend to just see you know a few of the negative and maybe the, the, the over positive of, hey, we love these programs, but um, you know, I think each year and each session continue to find some way to improve on what you've done in the past. It doesn't have to be like this major uh, overhaul of your program, but just maybe little tweaks every now and then to find out, you know, why people are happening, um, why people are, are loving those programs. And if they're not, let's figure it out really quickly. Maybe it's the instructor. I went to a program, a gymnastics program with my my son at an early age, and it was at a local park district. I'd never worked there before, but as a recreation programmer, you know, it's easy to see what work, what's working, what's not. We went into the, the gymnastics class. There were probably about 25 kids to one instructor. Um, it was chaos from the from start to the finish. The uh, instructor was, you know, um, she was pregnant at the time, couldn't move a lot, I mean, more later in her, in her pregnancy. So just the communication with the kids, you know, being a strong leader, I don't think it had to do anything. It had nothing to do with her pregnancy at, at all, but it was just being able to move was definitely a limiting factor. But I knew within the first 25 minutes, that was our first class. I was like, this is not, uh, this is not going to be a successful program. So we let them finish out about halfway in, too. And I went back up to customers and I said, this, this definitely needs to be looked at as far as programming. 
uh, instructor wise, you know, one, one instructor for 25 kids. And she, she wasn't a strong, uh, you know, instructor in the beginning. So those are the type of things that I knew really quickly, like, Hey, there needs to be, there's going to be a lot of parents that are going to say, this is not working the way the chaotic kids bumping into each other, getting hurt in the middle of class and just, Hey, let's go, you know, going on to the next thing. Uh, so that was something that I think as, as programmers looking at what we can do to improve programs. Um, and then, so diving into it, if you're, if you're giving them an the opportunity, so let's get away from, I, I'm sure most of you out there have started to do online surveys as well, giving them a link on your website uh, or using your software to shoot out a online survey that says, okay, you just finished in our peewee soccer program. What are your comments? And then by getting those digital comments back, you're able to, you know, get some of more of the analytics. It's going to put stuff into nice fields for you with surveys and stuff that's already kind of measured, yeah, um, you know, going forward. And from there, you can kind of start to gauge where you need to spend more time and more energy to improve your programs. Right. And then consistently improving and the goal is to never stop improving um, because people kind of expect a new experience or, or this, if it's going to be the same, at least a little better quality. Um, and so let's talk about marketing those programs and take us through some of the strategies and tactics that you have for your programs, especially when we think about summer coming up and just really having a strong presence um, to make sure that we're on the radars of parents and families as they go into summer. Yeah, right. I think, you know, having a strategy, it's for us here in, in Illinois, we still have, you know, a mound of snow on the, on the ground. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, to push, you know, Hey, come by a pool pass when it's, it's negative 20 degrees outside. So we tend to see the temperatures as soon as it hits, you know, starts getting warmer up. Our pool passes are starting to settle a lot quicker versus, you know, during the negative 20 degrees. So you have to definitely have some kind of incentive for them to, um, you know, want to get into, you know, getting a pool pass. I know with the district that um, that we attend every year, our pool is we'll buy our pool passes in January when, you know, they're on that, um, you know, January, you know, the January um, deal where you can get a definitely big discount on that. So those are help giving incentives for people to, to, and making it significant too. I see so many times of like, oh, here's here's a dollar off or here's two dollars i mean we are in a in a society now that most places you can find some kind of coupon on your phone people expect to have discounts um and so something like you know one percent two percent just kind of i mean almost as, as a turnoff as you know you, i think you have to really put some effort into saying yes is there's a big difference between buying your pass in January and buying your pass in May, getting people's interest to actually take action and something that's maybe, Oh, here's a, a 5% discount versus here's a 25% discount. 
on your program, getting them enough to, to take action to come in during the January versus that that May time for a pool pass. Yeah. Um, but some those are some of my experiences as just as a, a a consumer of products is that I'm so used to finding that I can find 20% discounts. You know, when, when I look at Vista print, I don't buy anything off of Vista unless I have a coupon. And I think a lot of us are starting to, to get in that realm of, of we're getting trained at more and more discount of, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing anything less than anything less than 10% for me is a turnoff. Um, yeah. Sometimes that can be a challenging in, in, in giving good incentives to our customers to come in. Yeah, but that's true. Do you think to... when we talk about coupons and uh, discounts, it seems like, I mean, we, when I was working uh, at the city of Boulder, we did two major sales, one in the fall and one in January as a, like a resolution sale. And it always worked. It always brought in a ton of new people, but then it was a matter of sustaining that membership and continuing to bring excitement throughout the year. So it can bring in more people, but it's also a matter of once you start doing that, you train, as you were saying, you train them to expect a sale. And if, when it's not, it doesn't seem like a good deal at all. So it's a fine balance, I think. Right. And that's when too much of a good thing starts to, you know, degrade too much of anything is, is, is will degrade the experience. So making it balanced where it's that, you know, once or twice a year is, is good, but you're going to give a significant, you're calling a good call of action. And people knew that they were getting a good deal, a good discount, Versus, I, you know, I see it maybe too much of, of the smaller discount versus let's do it a one-time thing. Right, so, right. Um, so then going back into, you know, as, you, as you're prepping for the summer, you know, if, if you have a dedicated parking potential in your, your, your village or in your park district or in your recreation department, um, setting aside time to just come go and speak with, with those people and um, with those professionals and find out what your goals, what your expectations are for your programs. The programs as a marketing professional, I'm not going to spend all my time marketing a program that is already successful. We're going to do some stuff to maintain it. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to put, because of those programs are already successful and they continue to, to bring in numbers uh, time after time, those are things that we're just going to keep on having small maintaining of those programs, getting the word out in one or two places versus, you know, here's a totally new program. Um, you're going to spend a little more time on the development side of a new programming and hitting, you know, your digital, your print, your making sure that it's visible consumers that are in your area um but as well as you know we're not going to put you know a ton of money into a, a smaller program that maybe is just a break-even program or maybe that we're subsidizing a program um a little each time if if we're just subsidizing a program i'm not you know taking you know five hundred dollars of my marketing budget and throwing it to that program you know, you'll get a flyer, you'll get a Facebook post, you'll get a few other things that are not costing me a ton of money. 
Um, but those are things that I think as recreation programmers, you need to know what your uh, your marketing professionals' limits are and what their what they can do and what they can't do. I think some of the expectations sometimes are lost between being able to communicate from the programmer to the recreation professional. Right. And I think you bring up a good point about there doesn't about. need there doesn't need to be equal marketing efforts for every single program. And it makes sense that the newer programs and the ones that are expected to receive a a larger return would be the ones that you invest more resources in, as opposed to those that um, may just break even or those that have been doing well and fill up. And why would you need to market them? So and I get a challenge from both sides as a as a programmer, you want to you want all your programs to succeed. I get that, you know, and so finding ways that you can help out your marketer person as well, finding ways that are more grassroots effort that maybe doesn't cost you ways uh, costing you money, but ways through your um, as a rec programmer, you have access to your instructor. So can your instructor do you know, pre, pre-classes. pre So we're going to do a test class that brings in, you know, 10 people to test out that class for half an hour. Those are things on the programming side that they can do that's not necessarily a marketer's responsibility. But how can the programmer take those grassroots efforts, getting customers, getting feedback from their customers and using those in, you know, testimonials, taking videos from those. Um, I know in, in our our park district, all our recreation supervisors have access and are able to post on our social media sites. So they're able to post on our Instagram. They're able to to post on our Facebook and our Twitter. So they have access to, to post on those things. Um, and it's not just solely the marketing department responsibility to contribute to our, 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 our word that goes out to our customers. So utilizing those things that are free and able to are used, I think are great ideas on the, the programming side of it. Have you had a, a marketing tactic or a strategy or, or, you know, a post on Facebook or something that really got a lot of excitement from people and maybe you weren't expecting it or, or maybe it just got a lot more attention than you expected or what's something, what's a marketing tactic that, that maybe surprised you? about a program i think one of the 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 key marketing tips is less is more is people programmers tend to want to give all the information out it's like that's not the the tactic of marketing marketing is getting people's attention getting people's interest sparking them to take action versus here's all the information you ever wanted to know about the program um, as marketing, you know, professionals out there, you know, we get a, a program description that's, you know, 10 sentences long. Well, and what we need is like two to three sentences out of that to not give them every single piece of information. It's here at this program at this time, you know, as marketers in the marketing side of it, you're really just wanting to spark that attention and less is more. And so, you know, having a picture that really catches people's attention is is something I think is is critical and and it doesn't have to be the the regular picture that we always see and I know a lot of, of districts out there that say 
well, you got to use, you know, only our photographs. I mean, you've got to only use our photographs. And when you can, I, I'm all, all for it. But a lot of times as, as marketers, those pictures tend not to be something that, that catch people's attention. Um, the ones that are, are catching people's attention, and if you look at social media or maybe a retro picture or something that, you know, really gets people's attention, um, whether with, it's with colors or with the shape of the photo. So something that's still on this, the same path of what they're trying, what you're trying to accomplish, but not the same image that of the kid kicking the soccer ball or one soccer ball, those things I think stand out. And that's what we're trying to do in a, in a, a time where marketing is just flooded, you know, on a daily basis, you're flooded with, you know, hundreds of different marketing ideas, marketing stuff per day is how do you be unique and how do you stand out? And again, less is more, you know, a, a one or two word, uh, tagline or, you know, call to action, I think stands out more than three or four lines. Yeah. As we know, um, people are tending to more, less and less wanting to read stuff and just kind of want to be like grabbed in attention um, with that. Right. It's just kind of today's society. And so for good or for bad, being able to grab their attention and just keep it short and sweet, I think is great advice. So we're coming up towards the end of the interview and I've got two more questions and actually this one's kind of unique. So what question do you think parks and recreation professionals should be asking themselves to be constantly improving, whether it's in programming or marketing or managing others? Like what, what are some questions that um, parks and recreation professionals should be asking themselves? That that is a a great question, and I don't think there's a one answer that's going to fit for everyone. I think you have to find that works for you. But I would suggest, and a lot of us tend to get caught up in our day to day running the race, and that leaves very little time to sit down and research what other park districts are doing, what other cities are doing what's happening in, you know, NRPA and looking through the magazines, we get so focused on our to-do list and building in those, those opportunities to read what's happening in other parts of the country, to reach out to your networking, um, you know, from, I know one of your, your other callers, Katie, which, you know, at times we've had uh, a monthly call where we, we talk to each other and we say, Hey, what, you know, what are you doing that are, are moving forward? And, you know, she'll give me her ideas and I'll give her my ideas and, you know, they may spark different things of where we want to go, or it might spark questions, but those are times that are critical to help you grow as a professional, whether it's on the marketing side, which it's on the administration side or whether it's on the programming side, taking time to develop your ideas, to brainstorm. Um, I know at least once a, a quarter with my staff, we just sit down and talk about ideas of what's new or what's coming up. And it's, it's just a brainstorming session. It's just something for us to talk. We're not 
we're not trying to come up with something hard and fast, but it's good conversation for us. And I tend to try to have it at other places outside of the, you know, the work environment so we can be a little bit more open to what we're, you know, trying to develop and see what's happening out there. And we'll try to pull in from all different directions, not just the rec side, but, you know, the athletic side of it, what's happening at universities, what's happening, you know, just in our, in our local communities, uh, local, state, and national. Yeah, I love that idea. And just keeping in touch with your team and, wh- and what else is going on uh, in the country and worldwide and not having to reinvent the wheel every time because there are plenty of people doing cool things. So it's just a matter of making it work for your community. So our, my last question is, um, what do you think it means to raise the bar in parks and recreation? I think raising the bar um, can be meant in a couple different ways. But for me, is that we're looking forward to, I think, becoming more of sustainability for our industry in that. And we're getting there. And, and I can definitely see it within NRPA is that you know, we're starting to move, especially in the marketing realm, we're getting more out there, more partnerships with different business co- business um, model of getting what we do established in, in, in the United States and what people's minds of what we do and what our profession is, is, and then backing it up with proven, you know, statistics and analytics and data measurements. Those are obviously huge topics that, you know, uh, Bobby Nance has, has made a career on talking about, you know, statistics, analytics, and data driven. And we're going to see that in the next, you know, five, 10 years, continuing to prove what information we're getting. The statistical data says, yes, what we're doing helps, what we're doing works, and continuing to, you know, have a base and a great foundation for what we do for our communities and what we do for um, as our profession. Awesome. Well, Gabe, I so appreciate your time and your insights today. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing reactions from people and, and hearing their feedback from this interview. So thank you for your time. Yeah, hopefully they, they have good uh, feedback for you. Good, um, ha- enjoy the time listening to my point of view and, and what my perspective is on the recreation industry. Becky, I appreciate you having me here on your your podcast today. It was a great experience. My first podcast, so I'm now broken in. Yes. So I appreciate that. Of course. Uh, but uh, Everyone out there who um, listened, obviously, if you, if you would like to reach out to me at any time for questions, I am definitely can be found on LinkedIn or at the Belvedere Park District.org. All right, you guys, that's the end of the interview. Thanks for listening. Go find Gabe on LinkedIn and also go find me there, too. I'm making weekly content over there. I'd love to say hi. Please subscribe to this show, whether you're listening on iTunes or CastBox or Anchor, wherever you are, please subscribe so that more people can hear about it. 
and I would love for you to get on my email list at beckytalksparks.com so I can send you the newest episodes of the show whenever they come out. So thank you all for listening and hope you guys have an awesome week. Be sure to send in your ideas on how you take idea into reality over on the Anchor Podcast or on LinkedIn. Thanks again and have an awesome week and hopefully you have some time in the park to go enjoy yourself and get outdoors. Thanks and bye.